With so many new articles coming out each month, who has time to read them all? On each episode of this podcast, we cover one article in the academic field of game studies in 15 minutes or less. Maybe you're an academic looking for a way to stay current in the field while also spending some time on the treadmill. Maybe you're an avid gamer and theory crafter working on expanding your knowledge of game studies. Either way, listen in and listen up. Hello, all. Welcome to Game Studies Review. I'm Alex Lane, joined today by Dr. Cody Reimer. Ooh, How's it going, I, I Cody? like that. I uh, emphasized it, you this time. I thought you'd like that. Yeah, I do like that. Thank you. It's going Ooh. well. Hi, folks. Yeah, um, yeah I'm, I'm Cody Reimer. You may know me from previous appearances on mm. Game Studies Review. Game Studies yeah, I'm I'm an assistant professor of English at the University of Wisconsin Stout, where I teach undergraduate and graduate courses in technical communication and other topics. Cool. And I'm happy to be here. Me too. Super happy. Very excited. Um, so tonight we are talking about the article "A Typology of Imperative Game Goals." It was published in Game Studies, Volume Twenty, Number Three, in 2020 by uh, Michael Davis, Jose Segal, uh, and Rogelio. Uh, Cardona Rivera. And this article is uh, one in sort of a long line in game studies about the ontology um, uh, of different terms in game studies, play, fun, game. Uh, you know, some of the first stuff published in game studies was about what those words mean. And this one attacks the idea of goals, game goals. So um, that's what we're talking about. You want to give us a little summary Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I'd be happy to, especially since I picked the article and I picked it uh, to, to, to rib Alex a little bit because we've know got we've got some feelings today. Ontologies. Uh, yeah, so feelings. the the authors they're responding to definitional work on games and popular mixed usage of the word goals. Uh, in short, they say that there's a lot of attention to to goals, but it's not always that word is not always used the same way. Uh, so they write. Right. Quote, ultimately, our goal is to develop an ontology of goals in games, end quote. Uh, and but then they spend a lot of time nuancing uh, how they're approaching this and giving a lot of caveats and um, qualifiers. Uh, they say that um, they spend a lot of time with nuance and caveats and qualifiers. I just wow. Yeah, just just a whole lot. When you get it's into weird ontological work. Yeah. Uh, but they see that the typology that they come up with as broadly applicable to games across materials and representations. Uh, and they want it to kind of enable more formal decomposed uh, understandings of goals in games. Um, and so they, they come up with, and I'm going to bleed in from the one minute summary to the kind of major contributions. Sure, sure, sure. But so, so they say like explicitly in there, in all of these qualifiers, like we're only interested in mechanics. Uh, we want to try to get to authorial intent. We want to exclude player motivation, player defined goals, narrative and representational goals, which I was like, so what's left? Oh, right. Okay. So mechanics. Uh, and so what they come up with ultimately is, um, this list of imperative goals, so verbs, right? Choose, configure, create, find, obtain, optimize, reach, remove, solve, synchronize, which is 10 verbs. And then they add like a meta qualifier of prevent. So it's sort of like you know, prevent, configure, prevent, remove. Um, and they say that like these 10 verbs are really um, 
helpful for understanding different levels of goals in games from ultimate to imperative to contingent, which is where things get super messy. But they say that this is mostly useful uh, for game developers and for the development of AI agents in games. They write, quote, we believe there's expressive power in this this being these uh, imperative verbs that they've come up with. For example, we could explore new combinations of imperative goals in games, end quote. Um, and so one of the um, kind of major contributions is, is this is part of a broader work in their ontological uh, kind of delving into games. Um, and so that's, that's the contribution that they're trying to offer. Uh, and I want to make sure I leave Alex with plenty of time for major gaps because I know she usually uh, has a lot to, to uh, say about ontological work. This is the part of the podcast where we talk about uh, any conflicts of interest. And I certainly have a few with ontological work. I have written about object-oriented ontology in the past. Um, it, I have I have some issues with it, uh, but let me just let me turn the gap section here into a little uh, conversation because I want to uh, note to self hit the explicit button on the podcast this week. Tell me what the fuck is the point of this? Like these articles, article after article, book after book, parsing these definitions, um, they just totally lose meaning for me. Like I'm reading it, my eyes glaze over. I am like, what is the contribution of this? What is it doing in academia? What is it giving to the community? If it's, if it's as they say, for game developers, then why is it in this academic 9,000 word slog fest, why is it not bullets, readable, useful examples? Like why, why is it the format it's in if it's supposed to be like implementable for game designers? Um, tell me, I want to know. I'm not, I'm not trying to be a jerk. This is clearly smart work, but I do not get it. That's, that's, yeah. I, I think that the exigence is, um, that the kind of purpose is like, it could be stronger, right? Like it, it seems like, um, I don't want to say they're writing it for tenure, right? Like that's, that's a low blow, right? I think they're right. trying to make a meaningful contribution. And I think that the way that they're trying to approach this is perhaps misaligned with the people who they say need it the most. Um, I, I will say that since, and we're not really following the, our typical format, but I'll, <laughs> I'll rebut because I actually, I liked, I liked the article a fair bit in the sense that um I really appreciated, and I guess this is kind of getting getting into what I loved, but I really appreciated the nuancing with the scope and the recognition of the messiness and the limitations in not only trying to narrow their scope, but recognize identity and the situatedness of their choices. I think that they took really good care with the connotations and language, for example, choosing remove instead of eliminate or, or kill, right? Um, I like that they're trying to apply this to all games and not just video games. Uh, I like that they <laughs> recognize the mind body and they, you know, collapse the Cartesian duality. I like that they recognize that even at this abstract level, things are still fuzzy. And while they don't name it, um, in part, it's fuzzy because language is fuzzy. And, but see, but this, is my, recognize... this is my problem. No, shush. This is my problem. <laughs> because like you're saying they recognize all these stuff, all these things. And I'm not, de I'm not denying the fact that they say it. But do they actually recognize it? Like, are they actually internalizing, recognizing Cartesian dualism here? Are they actually internalizing 
what it means for language to be fuzzy and the fact that they have a situated perspective, um, which is probably pretty exclusionary of a lot of people in the game industry, people in academia, um, like they, they use the buzzwords, but do you do this type of work if you're actually practicing those things? I, I would need to answer me, Cody. (laughs) (laughs) I, I do not speak for the authors. I would, would, my response is that I would need to read more of their work Mm-hmm. to see how they handle but let's you know, let's step away from this article because things. i don't want the authors to feel like i'm beating up on them because my response is not to the article it's to this it's it's the level of prominence that ontologic work has in game studies the number of books the number of articles the number of journals that 90 percent of the stuff published in them is this this kind of picking one word and and delving into all of the possibilities meanwhile you know, so many gamers' experiences are never being considered and their realities aren't ever taken into account. You know, you look at video game history that's told from one point of view. You look at these determining what counts as a game from one point of view. You know, I mean, it's 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 not this this particular article. It's this the fact that this work dominates game studies. I think, yeah, and I'm not going to defend all ontological work and all of game studies because I'm not, I only picked it because I knew it would get a rise out of you, not because I am a staunch <laughs> proponent of, you know, ontological uh, yes, work at yes, all, let alone game studies. But you, you do see it a lot in game studies. And um, I think you tend to see it a lot from game studies, the journal. Uh, yes, and I you think do. It's Absolutely. Part and parcel with their um, worldview and their kind of approach to academic work about games. And uh, am I bitter that they rejected my article on feminism telling me on feminist game studies, ethical feminist game studies telling me that it didn't belong there? Maybe. But I do think you are onto something because it doesn't know, really belong they there. They know, well no, it belongs in games and culture. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, if we're being if we're being clear, they have a very, you know, clear area that they've carved out for the kind of work that they value and this fits right within there philosophical ontological uh, and maybe this is a rhetoric versus philosophy problem at its heart because i I want to know like what do we do with this what do we do with this i mean a lot of a lot of academic work is taking something that's already dead and then just seeing how much more you can kill it Um, and i understand that for a long time that was what academic work was is etc but like we live in a very different world now and real stuff's happening and we have a chance to like make philosophies and ideas and perspectives that can actually like move the needle for gamers right like like your work isn't explicitly about identity or politics or anything like that but you're coming up with theories that can be inclusive and useful across the board. I mean, if we're changing, you know, big picture items for how we look at things. And I just, this kind of like hammering down, delineating a word, I just, I I really struggle to see, maybe it's just me. I just, I just struggle to see its, its place as being, as being useful today. I feel that way about a lot of the game studies scholarship I read, like even the stuff that I really like, even even my own stuff, especially my own stuff. Like I look at what's going on in, you know, uh, in the world and it's like, 
my, my corner of academia feels very small and trivial. And then I look at this other stuff, the stuff that I really respect um, coming out of game studies. And it's like, I need to be doing that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, I'm not doing stuff that's nearly as meaningful, but that doesn't mean that what I'm doing, what these authors are doing is useless um, yeah. by any means. And I mean, I think that's a kind of broader conversation about, you know, academic work and what gets valued and what's valuable and to what extent, just because the entire world is burning down around us, you know, that tends to make everything feel a little bit trite. Uh, yeah, I get that. And th and that's probably a lot of my um, op opinion. I know we're reaching the end of time here. So, but, um, but I do feel like you can still do work kind of like this and, and make it, maybe this is just a reminder that when, if we're going to do this stuff, like you can still be useful. You don't need to solve police brutality and murder, you know, <laughs> like in, in all of your academic articles, I'm not saying that, but I am saying that like, we need to look at what we're doing, our ethical responsibilities as scholars, the game community and, and, and give pot and give positive, um, contributions to the communities we touch and and maybe this does i'm not a game design scholar maybe game design or not a scholar game designer maybe game designer would look at this and be like this is what i need to be able to do my job better and and if that's the case then then hats off that's great um so maybe that can get into my uh my bottom line a little a, a little bit one, um, one of the authors is in a games lab so i mean yeah. they 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 have value they, they think this is valuable um and but, maybe the contribution would be, if not in an academic article, that just makes me glaze over as I'm like reading through, like I'm just, um, it's, it's, you know, a different format I think would have been really cool. But again, that's game studies. That's game studies. So that's game studies. Um, anything else you want to say here? I, I do want to say just one, one final yeah. note, because I know we're probably past 15 minutes. No, um, we're close. One of the, my herm moments mm -hmm. that I think speaks to a lot of this is that they had really interesting methods their methods, uh, and I'll just kind of quote from here, they say, uh, quote, to facilitate this process of theoretical saturation and in order to guard against our implicit bias, we shared the typology with other scholars for comments and feedback and engaged in an adversarial relationship with each other, trying to come up with a game titles that were not explainable given our list of goals. In order to minimize the final list of goals, we broke down, combined, and condensed our goals as described earlier, end quote. So this is not necessarily transparent in, in their methods. Um, and, and I, I wonder at the, the kind of, I don't want to attack rigor, but it, that just seems, I like the attention to trying to guard against their implicit bias, but if that's the case, then, you know, and they did give a list of the people who were contributing, but it feels a little bit like hand wavy. Mm -hmm. um, but I do admire the playfulness of the challenge. It, it, it is very, uh, kind of like masculine in the it's, ex it's i was wait i was i was like i gotta say masculine in like the most like, masculine i'm just gonna hand wave away the methods and if you if you got a problem with it come at me bro kind yeah. of right <laughs> but the 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 because because i'm me i'm like come at me bro it would be a very ontological perspective <laughs> <laughs> so i guess if you if you have a game that you don't think can be described by their 10 imperatives or or the the 10 with a prevent in front of it um make sure you write to them and challenge yeah. them challenge throw, them. throw down your nintendo gauntlet well i thank you for your contributions um the bottom line for me is it's not my cup of tea i can see there's value in it for um 
for certain areas of the game of the game community, but um, it's not the it's not the direction I want to see game studies at large going. I can appreciate that. Okay. Anything you want to say? Um, yeah, I I think it could have been shorter, but I think it was better for the nuance. It would have been worse if it were if it were um, just like here's the ten imperative list. verbs <laughs> for how goals work in games. You'd be like, look at this masculinist bullshit. I, so, I could have. You're probably right. I could have. Uh, I could have used the TED Talk. Maybe a TED Talk would have been better. I don't know. TED Talks are overrated. <laughs> All right, everybody. Well, thank you for listening to this episode of Game Studies Review. If you have an article that you would rather hear us talk about, uh, hopefully not bash. If you have an ontological article, maybe don't send it our way. Uh, But if you want to hear us talk about it instead of read it yourself, send it to gamestudiesreview at gmail.com. Thank you for joining me, Cody. Thanks. 